1: All right, my guest today on the A-Game podcast is Mike Fallot, the dream starter publisher. He's the bad boy of books. He's connected to a lot of the biggest names like Arate Syndicate, Mark Evans DM, the DM Family, DM Alliance. Uh, He's posted books for Mark Evans, for Josh Brisbane, a whole bunch of different guys out there. Shout out to my buddy, Mike Seidel, who has uh, connected us. I wouldn't actually have found any of these guys if it wasn't for him pushing me in that direction. So... Uh, Just a good guy. I've talked to him before about potentially working on my own stuff from the front end to the back end. And I think this is a very eye opening thing that everybody, everybody has a story to tell. And I think having somebody like this who helps you figure out the best way to tell it, and then how to get it out there in front of people, and then how to actually make it something that's going to be worth money to you over the short and the long term and start to build a brand and build a business is actually a huge thing. So I haven't had anybody on that talks about uh, the importance of writing a book. And I think he really is an interesting character because when you've done this successfully over 275 and counting times, you know what you're doing. And I've read a bunch of the books that he was responsible for that I didn't even know he was. So I think it's absolutely cool. Uh, Good guy. I had a really good time talking to him and you know we just clicked. So I've done my own interview call with him I'm not getting anything from it. He's not an affiliate or anything, but I definitely suggest contact him. If this is something you have a business, whether it's you're a realtor, a real estate investor, a real estate agent, you own a jujitsu gym, MMA Academy, mindset thing, health, emotional all the different people that have come on over the years, definitely get in touch with him to see how he can help you tell your story, get a book out there, start to build a community, build a brand and get your message out. Because as we talked about during this uh, interview Man, there's incredible stories out there when you walk around every single day and you look around you don't know what people have been through what they've gone through what they've accomplished what they've overcome and man, I, that stuff just inspires me with how many amazing tales we haven't heard throughout the world and people need to hear that stuff so mike fallett definitely touch base with him i am uh, also here as always please go check nicknicknick nick.com slash links for all the ways to subscribe to this podcast it is free The only thing we ask is that please, you subscribe to the podcast. If you get a minute or two, leave a five-star review on iTunes. But nicknicknick.com slash links will get you everywhere this is. So it's on YouTube. It's on like every platform. I'd be surprised if you can't find it on wherever you get your podcast. So please subscribe while you're on nicknicknick.com slash links. It has all of our social media. So Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, all those fun things. I'm going to post clips from every episode, please. Like the clips, please follow us on social media, give a thumbs up, Give hit the like button, whatever it is, just something to let guys like Mike Fallet that come on for free and share their information for you guys to know that you're watching, you're listening, and you like the stuff that they're doing. So we continue to have these great guests. While you're there, nicknicknick.com slash biggerpockets to get a free checklist for all the ways to bring value to your buyers as a real estate agent, wholesaler, or broker. Free information there as well, Nicknick.com slash biggerpockets. And last but certainly not least, the whole point of this is I want to do deals together. Let's get into real estate. 2023 is right around the corner, if not here already. Let's start to do some real estate. So if you have properties that you're looking to sell, I'm always looking to buy connect with me, text me. I have properties I'm always looking to sell. If you're looking to buy single family, turnkey rentals, fix and flips, fix and rents, whatever it might be. If I don't have it, I can find it for you. Let's connect. Or if you don't even know where you want to start, you just know you want to get into the game of real estate and you want to figure out how we can do it together, maybe partner on some stuff. All three of those scenarios, just text me directly. That's the best way to get me if you want to discuss real estate. 516-540-5733. Again, just text the word real estate five one six five four zero five seven three three and we will take it from there so shout out to mark evans shout out to everybody in the dm alliance shout out to josh brisbane mike seidel and of course mike fallon and you for listening to the a-game podcast thank you so much i appreciate it mike fallon thank you for coming on have a great day ladies and gentlemen. all right my guest today is an entrepreneur author and podcast host fighting out of pennsylvania known as the bad boy of books He's the founder of Dream Start Publishing and the Million Dollar Book Agency, who's responsible for over 275 bestsellers and counting. Understanding the importance of finding your people and your tribe, he also runs the Inner Circle Mastermind and somehow still finds the time to host Mike Fallett's Inner Circle podcast, and he's done it from a dog treat business, to a writer for LinkedIn, to a real estate investor, and now has found his calling helping others put their voice on paper. He's the son of a veteran, a musician, and most importantly, my guest today on the A-Game Podcast. Please welcome Mike Fallot. Man, thank you. That was a a great
0: intro. You looked into all that stuff. That's amazing. Yes, son of a veteran. Not many people say that, but uh, it was all about me joining the Navy up until about 16, 17 years old, and that's when I met my first entrepreneur. And then I was like, yeah, maybe not Navy. Maybe I'll go into the starting <laughs> business thing. So great intro, man. Thank you.
1: You can't uh, you can't have something called the A-game podcast and then bring your C-game research. To the guest, you know what I mean? I got to bring it home there. But for oh, some yeah. people who aren't 100% familiar with your, your journey, and your background, can you give a 30,000 foot view of who you are and where you came from? Yeah.
0: Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania,
1: born and raised,
0: still here. Um, like I said, I uh, became a uh, gas station worker when I was 16 years old. Uh, And I met a guy who was a multimillionaire for the very first time I met him. And I said, uh, he's driving around in fancy cars, dating the pretty women. What does this guy do? And uh, I didn't cash any of my paychecks for a long time (laughs) because I was obsessed with saving money. I had that scarcity mindset. That's how I was raised, a blue-collared individual. And one day he came down and said, are you the kid that's not cashing your paychecks? And I said, yeah if i can't touch it i can't spend it he goes oh wow that's incredible over $5000 as a 16 17 year old kid let me start teaching you about money and that's whenever i i guess you could say went under his wing and he started to help me out with the stock market and mutual funds and he helped me get into a school basically he's like hey go to this school and you know you know learn about finance and uh, i graduated from that school and at the end of that term in school. He gave me a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Have you read that book, Nick? Absolutely have. Book changed my life. It's still sitting on my desk to this very day. And that's when I said, what the hell did I go to school for? Now I know what an (laughs) asset is. Now I know all about business. Why don't I get into real estate? So I became a licensed real estate agent, bought my first four unit building within six months of reading that book. Here I was off and running as a 22, 23 year old kid with my own business. I thought I was really smart and got pretty cocky. So I started four other businesses. They were all major failures, data, software, analytics, just stuff that was way beyond my realm. And uh, that's when I got really simple created my fifth business called Doggy Surprise, direct-to-home dog product service. It made some money. All of my friends and family started looking at me in a different light. Whoa, he actually knows what he's doing to some degree. I got questions about starting businesses, and I thought, well, why don't I just put all this advice into a book? Had the girl dating it that I was dating at the time, edit the book. We put it up on Amazon. We turned it into a bestseller. My life was never the same. I thought people would ask me more about starting businesses because the book was called Dream Starter. Well, turns out the book got so much attention, people were very curious. How did a kid who had no idea about how to write a book, write a book, then turn into a bestseller? An individual started coming to me for advice. And I had the bright idea. Why don't I let go of the doggy business and then just help people write books? And since then, we've done over 300 books, uh, our 286th bestseller was yesterday. And uh, yeah, it's incredible. We get to meet entrepreneurs all over the world, turn into a publishing company. I have many different writers, designers and a, a large team. that's more than just me uh, putting things together. And ever since then we've kind of spun off into investments and different uh, uh, different strategies to kind of grow the network and revenue
1: streams. I love that, man. There's so much about that background that just plugs into just the true entrepreneurship of not even knowing necessarily like where you're going to land or what you're going to do, but just knowing you want something different and just failing your way forward, I, I think is, is the common tale. You know, you don't, people live and die by the Instagram highlights now, and that's not the reality of, of, of it's where you could go, but that's not the everyday, man. That's not the journey. I, I once heard a quote, maybe this is from like some
0: Twitter meme, but a man becomes confident when he becomes fearless of rejection or fearless, fearless of failure. And there was a point there that in my fourth business, I felt so low, but it, it was almost like I wasn't a failure at that point because I didn't give up yet. And and then I was like, well, wow, I failed four times. What the hell? I'll just try a fifth one. Robert Kiyosaki does have that magical code. He said, you have four out of five businesses fail. So I had the magic plan. Why don't I just create five businesses? <laughs> That's sort of how it all worked for me too. So if you are afraid of failure, you're probably going to be hesitant, you're probably going to be nervous, your body language is not going to be right, you are going to not take shots when you know you should, and so if you just get over that, that, that fear of, of screwing up, you are going to fail forward you're going to pick up momentum and you're going to learn new skill sets, have a different perspective, see other opportunities. And then one day you're going to enter this party of all these other successful entrepreneurs who've gone the same route as you, where we failed so many times. And when you're in that room and you can share those stories, then you're accepted. So I wouldn't run away from that. I would lean into
1: it. I love that, man. I literally had another bullet on our agenda here that said, rich dad, poor dad. So you you brought it up already, but (laughs) I think a couple of the common things, I mean, I think I'm almost on episode 250 right around there. And the the books that get shouted out across the board from everybody that change their catalyst to go down whatever business model they want, that's just a different path, are always either rich dad, poor dad, and or think and grow rich. That's what it was for me, man. hundred percent rich dad, poor dad. my mom forced me to read the book and that's when I realized that people lived a different way and understood the difference between assets and liabilities. What was it in that book specifically that sparked that that business or entrepreneur bug for you? Well, the cash flow quadrant,
0: if I'm able to look at that and say, man, this is what I thought was successful, man, I thought I thought getting a job and making six figures a year was successful. And then you just see that the quadrant you're like, whoa whoa, whoa whoa, that's that's top left this is where I want to be. You mean to tell me that I have to go from this down to lower left quadrant to upper right down to the bottom right? Okay. If, if if I need to get in this bottom right quadrant or on the right side, at least, I got to think completely different than I'm thinking right now. So it showed me where I needed to go and even be starting a business, right? You become a, biz, a, a, a self-employed individual. That's one step. You're on the path But that's still not where you want to be because if you didn't go to work or if you didn't show up to that meeting you're not making any money you need to create that system you need to be the business owner rather than self-employed individual so once i saw that it kind of showed me everything i was taught in school everything my parents taught me was completely wrong and uh for the very first time i woke up and and i think that you know a lot of other people who are going to school or people in my network at the time all were thinking what are you doing starting businesses? That's such a low shot chance of making it. Why don't you get the job at the bank nearby and make six figures and go home and have the white picket fence? Well, I didn't want that. I knew I didn't want that growing up. I wanted the adventure. I wanted freedom. I want to throw all kinds of ideas at the wall and see what sticks and what doesn't. So uh, it kind of showed me, and there's other people out there like me, right? We're all creative individuals. We love putting things together and building it from the ground up. Robert Kiyosaki, he gets me. And as time went on and I realized like there are more people out there like me, it gave me more confidence to just keep shooting. And as time went on, I started to see how I would dip down and financially, mentally, spiritually, you know, physically. But that's where I found my shadow. And if you're a big uh, Carl Jung fan, the dark days teach you more about yourself. And the more you know about yourself, the more you know about the world. So as as you know about yourself, you start to scale up and then you start to find people who are very like-minded. You have more courage to stand up for yourself politically. You know, you talk about business with more conviction. You have these beliefs. You're like, I'm going to put them into action. I don't care what anybody says. And then you start to find your tribe and then you have other ideas and you start working together better. So Rich Dad, Poor Dad was the first glimpse into that lifestyle. And going into thinking grow a bitch, I want to touch on this. Guys, if you haven't read that book, that's the second book I say it over and over that I hear interviewing entrepreneurs all the time. And going back to my time of reading that book, I got a message from a guy named Anthony Lawley. And he was a big real estate individual in New York City. I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This is 2017. I'm struggling financially with the book business. He reached out to me on Instagram and he said, hey, man, it looks like you're the bestseller guy. You know how to turn books into bestsellers. And I only had a few clients up until that point. And here I was struggling so much. I said to myself, you know what? This guy's super successful, probably the most successful person that I've ever even talked to up until that point. Why don't I just give this guy my services for free? And I said, yeah, man, I'll just turn you into a bestseller and I'll help you do that. Don't even pay me. So I did it. And then he invited me out to New York City and he goes, man, you've really came through. Can you come out to New York City for my book signing? We're going to rent out of Barnes and Nobles and all that stuff. And and I'm like, oh, shoot, I don't have any money to go out there. I don't have any money. I'm really maxed out on credit cards, all that. Uh, yeah, sure, Anthony, I'll go out. <laughs> so I got in my car and I drove out. And while I was driving out, I put on Think and Grow Rich audiobook for the very first time. And it talked about masterminds. The First time I ever heard the word masterminds. I'm like, what is this? Okay, yeah. Do I pay? to be a part of a room. And you know, what, what am I going to gain from that? Well, anyway, I'm driving out there. I sleep in my car for two days. I block out the windows. It's still it's cold out. So I'm sleeping in the car. I shower at the YMCA. He is, during his presentation, saying, I'm a bestseller. Thanks, everybody, for coming out. Probably about 150 people in the room. And I want to thank the guy right over here from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Can you stand up, Mike? I'm like, oh. So I stand up. I do all that. And it was such a memorable moment whenever I was leaving, he goes, you know what? You came through for me. I'm going to send you a bunch of clients. By the time I came home and after reading, listening to Thinking Grow Rich on the way down and the way back, I had this whole new perspective in life. By the time I got back, I had nine clients and a real business off and running. So the Thinking Grow Rich is such a moment in my life that, wow, that's where it started to change because of that book, because
1: of that time, because of me giving my services away for free. That's incredible, man. I one of my favorite quotes is how you do anything is how you do everything and it's no accident that a guy like you finds success when you're willing to do that kind of stuff and just throw it out there everybody else would have had it oh i can't go because of this because of that but it doesn't even seem like it was a consideration to not go and i feel like that's the separation there man that's freaking awesome you just find a way and and looking back
0: there is a there's a saying out there and i talked about it on my podcast Where if you're not looking back on yourself and cringing, like I look back on the pictures of that trip, and I'm wearing like a suit with a sweater over it. I'm not a suit guy. I'm not a sweater guy. But I was just trying to look more professional than I really was at that time, more successful. And uh, it's great to be able to look back and say, "Well, look at the transformation. Look at the look at the certainty in my eyes and how I dress and all that. It's completely different." And if you can look back on your life and see a progression or a difference it's like you should lean into that and be pretty
1: proud of yourself. I love that too. You know, pivoting to another topic that I I, I think you brought up that I really like because I think it gets lost today is the authenticity factor. And especially when you're going to do things like podcasts or write a book or I mean, even just go into these networking things and sometimes trying to figure like, well, when I go in there, like what kind of person should I be? How should I present myself instead of just going in and just being like, I'm just going to go in and be me. And I think that's a, a big thing that I appreciate about, the mark evans and what he brings to the table is just kind of i am who i am and i don't know if you know frank mckinney but that guy's oh, yeah. like a real estate powerhouse and you know he dresses like he's a member of guns N' roses and he tells a story about like going on his first job interview ever with like a suit and everything and like drinking a slushie at 7-eleven and being like this is just not who i am even though i can get this job it's it's not me and i, I think in the age of social media people are are too much trying to be somebody else and it shows when you show up in those circles and people are just there with like no agenda, it makes all the difference in the world. So I'd love to hear a little bit about how you found success or pros and cons or just basically a message to people out there that are still trying to find themselves and they think they have to be this other guy on Instagram. Just be them. Why is it important just to be you? No, I you, you nailed it with Mark Evans. That
0: dude opened my eyes to just authenticity. Uh, you see him online and then you meet him in person. It's a one to one ratio. It's exactly the same. I've been around many people where it's the complete opposite. They have this great look with Lamborghinis and all that. You can tell, by the way, with they're just posting like the, the 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 glamour shots. When you meet them in person, there's there's not much substance to them. I love meeting the person in, I love meeting the individuals in person, and then being like, "Wow, they are the, they're exactly the same." If I meet them on a Zoom call, there's no surprises. I know exactly who they are. And the bigger the circles I get into, you can see the real ones, right? The real ones, they walk around like they don't care, right? I don't care what you think of me. I'm going to do what I want to do. And that is the type of person that attracts the real tribe. So 2020, going back to it, that was probably the separation for my life. There was a moment where I said, you know what? I am sick of getting clients that I don't really have too many core values aligned, I need to put myself out there in such an authentic way that they know exactly who I am without any surprises. I can't hide anything back. I need to be political. I need to share what I really believe. I need to talk about my you know, religion or morality or spirituality in a way that people know me before they meet me. And so on a podcast, in a book, in blog posts, I need to put my real self out there. And what happened was there was a dip. In my clients, I didn't have as many clients coming in for a brief amount of time, but the moment it was sort of like secured that I was this person and I was willing to say what I really wanted to say, I started to attract people that I aligned with and business became way easier. So it was like I was looking for friends to do business with as compared to looking for clients that I would turn into friends. And by putting myself out there in such an authentic way, I attracted friends. And then we just kind of figured out, how can we work together? I like you. You like me. Let's go do some crazy things together. And I picked up more clients with books. I started getting opportunities to speak at events, more podcast interviews. And so it was a shift. I went from this person who was like eh, holding something back to now being completely free. And when you look back on the book uh, slash movie Fight Club, there's the guy, Tyler Durden. And Tyler Durden is a representation of a man who's completely free in every way which other people are not. And that is what's attractive to the men. He doesn't have any money. He's not super successful. And he's completely free. So if I look back on my life, the reason why I failed was because I wasn't free, right? I was constantly worried, does this group like me? Does this person you know, respect me? Are they listening to me? But the moment you become free in every which way other people are not, that's when they say, he's got something. I like this. I wish I could do that. Whatever he's doing, he's definitely on the right path. Let me listen to him a little bit more. And I think 2020 was the separation of who I was to who I am now. And it only served me well financially with my network, with opportunities, and even I sleep better because now it's not like I'm hiding anything and they're going to find out. It's like, yeah, dude, that, that that guy is exactly who he is. When you hear him on that podcast and you meet him in
1: person, he's a stand-up guy. And if I hear that, I'm like, we're doing something right. I love that, man. I, I could not agree more. And I was on the Bigger Pockets webinar last night, and um, it was interesting because that same sort of thing of, of we were recapping it, which was another great event. But David Green, who was running it, was taking questions from people, and a lot of them were going in, like, man, it's so discouraging. Meeting this guy who says he's 24 and he's got a thousand doors, and this one who's 27 and is a mall. And he was like, Let me tell you about what that he's like everybody likes to say those things. He's like, there's definitely like, he's like, here's, here's the reality. He said something like, you know, cause everybody was looking at him with like, this is the guy, this is the guy we're all looking towards. He's like the God of real estate as far as this group goes. And he was like, I lost like 90 grand this week. <laughs> like, you know, he's like, when you swing big like that, he's like, I'm putting myself at risk by buying multi-million dollar properties. Like, so the way you're losing five or 10, I'm losing 90. He's like, so it's not all great, like it's not all awesome, but this is like what a real business is. So when people show up those places and they feel like they have to peacock, like I don't relate to that. I relate to like, oh thank God I'm not the only one who like had a bad month or is like struggling in business. And you know it's it's not all like movies. So I appreciate what you just said about kind of finding yourself and really like taking those lessons and and just being honest about what it is to get where you are because that's the stuff that I don't think enough people talk about. And I know that's almost becoming cliche, like to not talk about the. But dude, like when I first started doing this and I was going to like real estate seminars, there was no internet. You didn't get to see like anything past whatever the people talked about during those three days and whatever was in like the book or the, or the binder that you took home that you didn't even read. Like now you actually get to see like there's all these other things in business that it really takes to be successful. And I feel like that's the service I can bring to people of like, here's what it really takes to be successful. Do you even really want this? Because most people don't. They just want like the end goal there. So my mm-hmm. my my long uh, intro into that is, From going to meetings like this and from teaching people and running seminars and and just mentoring students, it always amazes me when I walk into a room of 50, 100 people that I've never met before, and you just look at everybody. And then over the three days as you start to get to meet them, they'll at some point feel like they connect with me and they'll go, hey, can I tell you something? And they'll open up about like, hey, two weeks ago, my whole family got killed in a plane crash, all of them. Or like, hey, I know if you recognize me, but I was like a a movie star in like the 1980s and they take their mask out and I'm like, holy crap. So it's been amazing to me because it's almost therapeutic to look at everybody I walk past now, I look at them and I literally wonder, what's this person's story? Like, what would their book like? And and everybody has this tale that they never get to tell. And I'm lucky enough to have people every now and then open up to me because the position I'm in and I'm like, man, everybody needs a book. And you, sir, now parlaying straight into that, that's kind of what you're helping people do. And, and I think it's amazing because there's so many great, inspiring, incredible people out there that just don't know how to get their voice out. And I feel like you are now helping do that. So I'll let you take it from there, man.
0: Yeah. Well, you made me think of a Jordan Peterson quote and I, I preach it in my book. I preach it on podcasts all the time. And it's the... uh You know, life is a series of games. And if you want to be successful, you need to win lots of games. But in order to win lots of games, you need to reverse engineer how to be invited to play lots of games. So the more people know about you, that's going to be an advantage, right? It's going to say to that individual, if you are the right person or not right away. And if you can make it easy for people to want to do business with you or want to play the game with you, this entrepreneur, world, it's a game. It's a series of games, and it should be very fun. If you're only looking for that Lamborghini or the dream house and all that, you're going to be sorely disappointed because a lot of it is going to be the adventure of figuring out who you are, who's right around you. Will you sell your soul? Will you not? It's a test all the time, and it's very fun to the real entrepreneurs. So going back to the story part, I've realized that the more I share about myself, the more success I have. And the reason why is because I'm making it easy for people to know uh, what I'm all about. I'm making it easy for them to say yes or no to me. I want people to either love me or hate me. That's, just, that's the, the cleanest way to say it. And by putting your book out into the world, you're doing a couple of things. You're establishing credibility, right? You have some type of influence and authority. The root word for authority is author. So that's one. Right. But you're also able to build a circle. And so that's that's huge, because if I hold my book up and I say this is what I stand for and I get a bunch of eyeballs and those eyeballs read the first three chapters and many like me and many hate me, those people who like me might turn into a love. Oh, my God, I love what this guy just said. So I've established more of a relationship there. And then you can turn that into more revenue streams, because once you have a tribe and you have all of these relationships, you can now figure out a way to partner up, get affiliates, create memberships, create courses. And now you can start to see how, as long as I'm authentic, transparent, and people know where I come from and what I stand for, I build a core group and this core group. Now we can go do cool things together. Now I have a group that raises money for self-storage units. So, like, it all started by putting out a book, turned into a group, turned into trust, and that trust can be leveraged many different ways. So, the story aspect: people do not remember the facts. What's that? What's that saying? Facts tell stories. Sell. You look back and all the other um, greats that p- came before us: the the Plato's, the Socrates. Right. Every core principle that we learn right now, it's probably traced back to the Socrates days or Stoicism or the Bible. It's what I realized. So the lessons are all there. Ed Milet has this amazing quote, and I don't know if he says it, but he gets it from somewhere. Quit worrying about saying new things to new people. Start worrying about saying old things to new people. Quit trying to reinvent the wheel Figure out the lessons that made you, you, because we're all learning the same lessons, but the story is what's magical. What you went through, how you learned this lesson. Did you go through a divorce? Did you go through a bankruptcy? Did you start four businesses and fail miserably? Did your circle start to t- change? Did you go through some type of an addiction? I just got off a call with an individual who turned his addiction into fuel to starting a multimillion dollar business. Now, that part right there where he was saying one of the most difficult moments of his life was even showering in the morning. He'd have to lay down in his bathtub so he couldn't even stand up and somebody would have to come and shower him at mid 30s because of his addiction. He was able to break away from that to learn what it takes to change his circle, his mindset, his habits, and build himself into this unstoppable entrepreneur who's inspiring others. Now, the lesson is great, but that story, that's going to resonate with somebody. And maybe Tony Robbins has a story that resonates with a lot of people, but maybe it doesn't. And maybe your lesson and your story resonates with them one-to-one. And therefore, people latch on to you, your message, and what you went through more so than the Tony Robbins or the Jim Rohns or the Earl Shofs. If you look back on how people learn and teach their information, Earl Shof taught Jim Rohn, Jim Rohn taught uh, Tony Robbins all the same core principles, but they all might connect with someone based off of what they went through. Jim Rohn talks about how at 25, he was miserable, broke, and I think he was like desperate. And that's when he met Earl, changed his life, done. Grant Cardone talks about at 25, he went through the serious drug addiction, and then he started his business and became very successful. He lost his his dad at 14 years old. These stories are brought up to such to, to, to highlight where he came from so people can see him, identify what he's all about, and say yes or no right away. And Tony Robbins has the great story of what it takes to like be grateful for where you're at. He had his last $20, and he gave it to that individual. I believe it was a woman. And now he's able to say that story over and over and over to connect some type of common ground. And people say, I love this guy's story. I can resonate with that. Nobody cares about you until you help them with their life, but nobody will trust you until they know your backstory. So if you lean into that story and extract the lesson, now you can serve the many. Jim Rohn's approach, serve the many for service to the many leads to greatness. Live a wild life, do wild things, extract the lesson, turn around and give back to people so they can get to where you're at. And I think a lot of people think they need to stray away from that story because that breakup or that bankruptcy or- that miserable time is not worth talking about. That's the gold. And if you realize that there is gold within your story, you can use it to not only help someone else, but to help you get to where you want to
1: go. Man, that is gold. I didn't even know most of those stories. That's pretty incredible. I, yeah. I didn't even think about like the way that I get to hear people's stories. You have literally, when I, I'm preaching to the choir about people have amazing stories because you have 276 and counting. That you've turned into bestsellers. So I don't even like I bought that up like it was something new to you. but. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: but Mark Evans, we're both Mark Evans fans, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It, you guys, uh, if book. you're out there, please follow Mark Evans DM. Talks about in his book um, what his grandma taught him, right? Now, this is a lesson that sticks with him for the rest of his life. And it's that story that plays over and over and over of his grandma dying and how meaningful it was to him and for him to really step up and take action. There are stories like that that are happening in your life right now, or they did happen. They became defining moments. That defining moment, that was your mentor. And that means if it was your mentor, you can apply that to someone else's life. And that could be their mentor also.
1: I love that man. And uh shout out to Mark Evans again. That whole group's just been awesome. I just picked up uh Josh Brisbane's book, which I you know you're responsible for, yeah. and we'll talk about it as well. But I also just picked up the million dollar book by the one and only Mike Fallett, as some might call you Mike Fillet, but I know the <laughs> proper name for that. So yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much, yeah. man. Shout out to Josh Brisbane. Guys, if you're looking to become hard to kill, let's 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 talk about Josh for a second. What a guy. All right. Out there in California, God bless him. He needs to be able to defend himself. Thank you know so Josh, well done on what you're putting together. But this guy is a, a well trained self defense expert, and he's trying to help the average man become hard to kill. So why would you write a book about that? Because the book becomes the stepping stone to potential webinars, to events, to courses, to a membership, which he has, the Savage Syndicate. But the book is the low cost item. And if I pick up your book and I've seen you picked up the book, so thank you very much for a million dollar book. But if I know that you're interested in this, all I know now is you're interested in turning your story into a million dollar lifestyle, which means as long as I have the data on who's interested in this book, that means I can serve you with text messages, voicemail drops, emails, other campaigns, other offers that will help you turn your story into a million dollar lifestyle. So all I need to do is put up a book like Josh is doing, called Hard to Kill, and then attract eyeballs of people who want to be hard to kill, and then figure out a way to keep serving those individuals. An entrepreneur is just a problem solver. And if you can solve other people's problems, maybe they're staying up at night saying, how am I going to protect my family? How am I going to protect my kids? How am I going to protect myself in in public? And if you can help them overcome that fear, you are now going to be valuable to them for the rest of their lives. And that is a relationship you can't break. I feel like I know Jordan Peterson and I feel like I know Robert Kiyosaki. I've never met them in person, but I've read their books. I've listened to them for hours and hours and hours. And so those two individuals mean so much to me that when I do meet them, I'll be like, man, you've changed my life. Thank you so much. I'm going to share your name on every podcast I ever go on. I'm going to go on every video and say, you guys changed my life. And that is a real that's a that's a real tribe. That's a real culture that you're building. Um, and so anytime you're putting out a book, it's a breadcrumb. Leave enough breadcrumbs and the right people will find you.
1: Wise words, sir. I love that. So think, thinking about books and bestsellers, what exactly qualifies a bestseller and why is it important to get that tag? So bestseller sounds like it's very hard, right?
0: Uh, Amazon has set up a, a, a system of games within their program to make it easy for you to game the system because all it is is a the free market and you're able to see how many categories there are and i'm able to apply leverage positioning and timing into a specific category and have enough people get behind a book within a very short amount of time and we can push that book to number one with 20 25 30 35 40 sales within a few minutes, and Amazon's going to say, wow, look at this. Due to our algorithm, number one is selling maybe 100 books a day. But if we break that down into minutes or hours, all I need to do is beat that book per hour. So I could shoot up past some big books if I have a, a, a strong velocity all at once. So bestseller, there are many categories. We find categories that have low demand on certain days at certain times. And then we set up a push where my network, your network, we all buy the book, boom, pushing it to number one. Doesn't mean you're going to make a lot of money from being a bestseller. Kiyosaki, speaking of him, says, I didn't write the best writing book. I wrote the best selling book. So why is that important? Because now you're increasing your social evidence, your social proof. What I've realized for this entrepreneurial world is that not many people will believe in you until other people start to believe in you. So if they see other people believing you, you're going to be time-tested. You're going to be proven in the marketplace. Oh, well, if it's the bestseller, that means other people signed off on him. He must have something that is interesting or valuable. So let me pick up the book. Let me give that individual my eyeballs. Let me give that person my attention for at least five more seconds. So by having bestseller next to your name, you're just increasing your social proof and social evidence. And in that checklist that people have in front of them before they do business with you or before they go to your event or you know, do a phone call with you, there's a checklist. Has this person been around the business for a long time? Who are they surrounding themselves with? What kind of car do they drive? How do they look? Do they speak well? Are they articulate? Um, do they have a lot of money? Do I know anybody who they've worked with? And are they a best-selling author? That could be a checkbox in in, in their list. And I think that if you can check off that list as much as possible, you are going to win in the entrepreneur game. So bestseller equals social evidence, social proof. Everybody, no matter who you are, is looking for some breadcrumb of social proof. And bestseller is a big trophy. We all, if you look into it, we all want to write a book. Every entrepreneur wants to write a book at some point. Statistics show that 55% of all Americans want to write a book, yet only 3% ever do. So if you do something that more than half the country wants to do, then you are going to get the attention. Now take that one step further. Having a book is one thing, being a bestseller is a whole different ball of wax. And if you even look at how people get paid for speaking gigs, Best-selling authors automatically get gigs easier, but they also get paid more. And if you want to stand out, increase your social proof, social evidence, run press releases, get your name out there on your bio and LinkedIn, your social media platforms, best-selling author of what? Real estate, financial services, motivation, overcoming addiction. Because if they can make it as easy as possible for them to know what you're all about, Oh, he's the best selling author of real estate investing. I don't know much about him, but it seems like he's committed and the market has already signed off. I might as well give him a few more seconds of my time because he may teach me something that other people have not yet. So stand out, break away from the pack and make it easy for them to know what you're all about. Best selling author of blank, Will.
1: If you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate soon, whether you're beginner, intermediate or advanced, any way you're looking to get it on a residential commercial land development wholesaling fix and flips whatever it is let's find a way to get you involved in some projects get you some properties whether you want to sell some properties to me whether you want to buy some properties from me whether residential fix and flip cash flow multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels if you go on www.nicknick.com links you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together, make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. That makes so much sense, man. So speaking of that, I know people, some of them want to write their book to tell a tale, but it's almost like, Hey, I want a bunch of followers on Instagram. And it's like, okay, but, but then what, you know, like there's gotta be something more to it. So somebody who wants to write a book, the book, like you said, is the, a bit of the breadcrumb leading the rest of the way. What are some ways to monetize once you have become a best-selling author? Oh,
0: this is this is where the fun begins. I just did a
1: speech <laughs> at Tyler McBroom's event in, uh,
0: in Florida. And uh, the last slide was what you can do with a book. And there was like probably 25 different things I listed off. And I saw everybody pull out the cameras and take pictures of it. <laughs> but just imagine having your book done. And the next step is the fun part. Okay. So number one, you can turn your book into a course. This course can be exactly in alignment with the book, right? Every chapter can be a video. Most people who get the book study show will not read it from cover to cover. I think it's only less than 30% will ever read it from cover to cover, which means if they got the book and then you offer them a course for maybe a hundred bucks, will they watch the course over reading the book? It could save them time, but it could give them a glimpse into who you are because you're going to be talking to them for hours. Well, they get the book, turns into a course. That course could be a hundred bucks. Then you can turn this course into a webinar hey, you know what? I'm going to offer this webinar and put it out there. In this webinar, I'm going to go into much greater detail on X, Y, or Z on chapter 14. And that webinar is X amount of dollars. So right now you have a course, and now you have an active webinar, or you could turn your book into a tribe. Josh Brisbane, who we brought up before, broke his book into different modules, created a course, and now he has the Savage Syndicate. Savage Syndicate is a weekly or a monthly meetup Of individuals who apply the hard to kill techniques. And so he has experts come into the group. Because if you stand for, if you like this book, you may like this group. In this group, we're gonna talk about all the same core principles, but I'm gonna invite a bunch of experts in to talk more about it in detail. So this becomes a group that you can now serve and nurture as time goes on. So that membership program that you offer could be $97 a month. I'm a part of many masterminds, many memberships that are $1,000 a month. So you could turn your book into a course, into a membership within weeks, and you can now be making money from two or three different revenue streams right then and there. However, let's take it one step further. What if you use the book to just uh, capture all kinds of contact information? This contact information will boost up your email and text message lists. So, hey, get the book for free. I just pay for shipping. You're creating a buying relationship. Right Now you get all the data on those people. Well, your contact list grows. I've worked with individuals who sell their businesses for millions. The the value of your contact list is going to increase the multiple on the back end when you go to sell it. So if you can just boost your contact list any which way, your company's going to be more valuable. So now let's take it one step further. You have all these contacts. What about the text messages and the emails and the voicemail drops? And then you could say, you know what? You want to know more about book creation and using it to generate money? Well, I have a tax expert. Now that you make a bunch of money, I have a tax expert that I'm going I'm to give you advice from. alright I'm going to show you what he's all about through a, a video that I put together. Anybody who joins up with Tyler or this other tax professional I put together, I might have an affiliate link there. So by creating this culture, this, this network of people, You can now offer them other solutions related to their business, and now you have affiliate links upon affiliate links, and it becomes a snowball effect, a course into a membership into affiliates, just three ways, boost your contacts, then you can turn it into other different services. So maybe you're an expert on book writing, but maybe you want to be the expert on sales techniques or marketing, create another course, and then create another tribe from that and then you create another Facebook group. So it just keeps snowballing. And then the the most exciting part about this is that over time, not many people will actually trust in you right away, but over time, they believe in you so much that you might be able to get them in a room and say, hey, I just came across an opportunity for this real estate deal. Anybody interested in becoming a part of this opportunity? You know what I stand for. You know who I surround myself with. Would you like to all be a part of this deal that I'm going to be a part of? So you can now raise money with your book. I've known people who have raised hundreds of thousands of dollars worth their book within three or four months after launching it. So your book, six ninety five free plus shipping offer, selling it on Amazon, creating an audio book, turn into a course, turn into a tribe, turn into raising money, turn into contact lists, turn into nurturing relationships
1: into affiliates. It never ends. And you can keep doing this over and over. That's freaking incredible, man. It's everything like this that I learn about that's not my wheelhouse. You go, oh, it's, you know, you're, you put some stuff on paper, you throw it on Amazon, then you realize like there's an onion behind everything. There's so many layers. There's so much stuff that goes into it. There's so many little things that's, you know, that's why those... You, you can't be good at everything. So I love getting into circles like this and finding guys that just know this better than anybody because again, that saves all the guesswork all the time. So when somebody goes, oh, I wrote a book, it didn't work. It's like, well, it didn't work or you didn't really know how to work it properly. And I think that's where you come in and I, I think that's freaking awesome, man. That's that's such good info. Man. So let's yeah. say there's somebody listening to this and they go, you know what I love what this guy's saying? I would love to have a book because the tribe, all all the things he's talking about sound like what I want for my real estate business or my MMA gym or my jujitsu academy or whatever it might be. But they're thinking either A, I don't know if I actually have a story to tell or B, I'm scared to get my story out there. What are people going to think? What do you tell people who are right now on the fence about they want to do this, but they're nervous?
0: The question I ask is, if you don't feel like you're the expert or if you don't feel like you have valuable information, why would anybody hire you? If you don't feel ready, they're going to sense it. So you need to break through that imposter syndrome. The way to break through that imposter syndrome is to leave no doubt. That's the number one way to leave no doubt. Okay. If I'm afraid of not being the go-to person, they're going to sense that they're going to walk away. And that means that you're lacking something. That's desperation. That's the scarcity mindset. I do believe that when I sit down with someone, I really have great information to get them to the next level. So I know it. I can... I can convey it very well because I truly believe in it. In the beginning is very tough because maybe I didn't have enough trophies behind me or enough time in the business. It really is all about time in the business rather than timing. And the longer you stay in the game and keep putting out social evidence, people start to believe in you a little bit more. So if you're on the fence, if people sense it, that you are not the expert, they're going to go to someone who does believe that they're expert. The way to leave no doubt is to keep producing more content, get on more podcasts, get more speaking gigs, get more clients, constantly stay in create mode. And if you leave no doubt in their mind, people are going to come to you and you're going to say, you know what? I am not the imposter. I need to now over deliver for these individuals. So that imposter syndrome is not a negative. It's a blessing. You can fight through that by doing more, by being better, by putting out more than the next person. If you are a real estate agent or an investor and you haven't done as many deals as the next person, the greatest marketer will always win. Always. So if you can out position your competitors and if you walk into a room and you've only done $2 million in real estate deals and your competitor down the road has done 50, do you really feel like you are nothing in the eyes of that one individual who has 50? Maybe. But what if you have the book and you have the podcast and you're surrounded by other individuals and you have the mastermind and you've done more speaking gigs, in the eyes of the consumer, they're not going to know who is the go-to person. But if you have all of those breadcrumbs, you're going to get the attention. But I will tell you that no matter who you are, the most successful people I've met, when you say successful, you let's just classify them as billionaires. I've met a few. There's somebody that's always has more. And I know people who have done hundred million dollars. And they will say, you know what? I'm not a billionaire yet. So I'm not going to put out a book until I'm a billionaire. Well, you're just wasting your time then because there's always someone who has more. And if you keep doing that, that is a comparison that you can never win because you'll always be losing. And then you're saying, you know what? I'm not the expert. I'm not ready to put out my story. I'm not ready to help someone get to the next level of their of their career. So I'm going to wait until I become this success in my mind. However, right now, no matter where you're at, you probably have learned something that's helped you get to where you're at now. It's only your, uh, Jordan Peterson says, it's a luxury to pursue what makes you happy, but it's your moral obligation to pursue what make, what is meaningful. And if you can start to help people just move the needle in their life, get to where you're at, do their first deal, save a little bit of money in taxes, write their first book, Get five more leads this week as compared to last week. Then what are you doing? Make sure you get your message out there in any shape or form. And as time goes on, you're going to serve enough people that in your mind, you probably feel like, okay, I got something. To get over that hump though, you need to get it out there. You need to get people to know what you're about. You need to move the needle. You need to serve them as much as you possibly can and you're only in your own way. People say, I can't wait to write a book. It's going to be perfect. I'm not going to put it out there until it's perfect. Well, maybe there's a couple sentences that have some edit problems in it. Is that really what's going to hold you back from changing another person's life, from adding value to someone that you might not even know in a different part of the world? Well, that's you being your own limitation. Break that habit, overcome that, and just figure out, okay, when I get up on stage, when I get on a podcast, as long as I lead with service. I don't know. I don't really want to be perfect. I just want to help someone. Get out of your own way, help them. And then as time goes on, maybe in your mind, you've said, I've helped enough people. Now I feel like the professional, but you need to start somewhere to get it done, to keep the ball moving in your life. Because if you just stay stagnant for a certain amount of time, people will lose hope and faith in you. So do whatever's necessary to keep the momentum alive, and you will break that imposter syndrome in time.
1: Man, that is concrete advice. I love that, man. So what you guys do is, uh, I don't wanna butcher it, but you do a, a form of ghostwriting if i'm if I'm not mistaken, right? For guys that come in here. So I think the what for the average person who doesn't know, they think ghostwriting means somebody else basically just tells your whole story. And the, as I was listening to you, talk about what you guys do, it's not that's not really the case. So talk a little bit about your publishing company, your your booking all the stuff that you guys do and and how you would work with somebody, how people can find you, all, all that kind of good stuff now. Well, if you guys have read the book, Who Not How?, you
0: understand ghostwriting. It's basically all the most professional people out there, the most successful. They outsource to professionals, websites, videos, book writing. We talk about rich, rich Dad, Poor Dad. I mean, we all know Robert Kiyosaki gets credit for that book, but it was actually Sharon Lecter who wrote the book. Once I realized that at 30 years old, I'm thinking to myself, how can I make that uh applicable to the everyday entrepreneur? How can I bring stories and lessons to life so they can create their own events? Maybe own board games even. Yeah, I bought the board <laughs> game. I don't know if you bought the board game, but- Yeah, I- yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, that was great. Uh, anyways, so what we do for the everyday entrepreneur, we help you put together an outline, okay? If you have 15 lessons that you want to teach your audience, write that down on a napkin or a piece of paper, and then put a dash and you know outline if you have a specific story Tied to that lesson or not, right? We always want to humanize you as much as possible. Therefore, they know, like, and trust you. Lesson combined with story geared towards a specific audience. If you have those pieces and you give that to me, I sit down with you for two hours one day and two hours another day. And I just keep you on that train track. And I just ask you through the Socratic method, what's this lesson about? And how did you learn this lesson? Through the Zoom call, just like this. I'll record it, and then I send it to a writer. I have about 15 different writers. One of them will sit down, watch it, listen to it, and write it up for you. Jordan Peterson, again, always says, to be successful, you need to create a bad first draft. That's our philosophy. Let's get a first draft done. I'm going to send it to you. Tonality is probably the hardest thing to nail down in one uh, book edit, but we're going to send it to you, and now it's time for you to adjust it to your liking. Take out what you don't like, put in what you forgot to tell us, really make it yours. I'll also help you out with title and subtitle. Once we nail that down, we go to cover design. Day 30, you receive the book and about 25 cover choices. Pick your favorite cover, that's done. Read your book, make adjustments, that's done. Send it back to us, clean edit, clean format. Upload to Amazon, Amazon prints it. It's a six by nine book, at least 120 pages, 20 to 25,000 words, it's a two hour read. You fine tune it one last time, give it back to us. We do the uh, bestseller push. Typical process is 75 days. As of right now, it's $5,000 down, $5,000 upon completion. Your book is yours 100%. And now you can have the fun of putting it out there, getting attention, and changing your life. If you want the agency on the back end with the funnels, the automation, the text messages, all the other bells and whistles, that's afterwards.
1: And we can show you that too. That's incredible, man. So you really are like a one-stop shop for everything from the creation to the monetization. Bingo, right? Oh, we need dude, You need huge. both
0: we only had one leg for a long time the moment we created this we didn't create the software the software is go high level if you guys are out there we love go high level but we help people build it in a way that it's you know automated workflows and connected to sendgrid or all the other you know text message twilio we make it so it's easy for you to just up and running go at it because once you have a book and this is the magic nick you have a book you've signed off on about 25,000 words That's a lot of text messages. That's a lot of emails, which means if I have your book, I can now take snippets of the book and put it in a workflow. So if anybody joins your email list or buys your book, you might be able to send them an email every week for three years teaching what you just taught in the book. And you have a VA or our company do it for you. So it's not about the one night stand. It's not about to just get it and turn it into a a sale. It's I know you're interested in this and maybe you don't become a client or we do business for two and a half years, but two and a half years later, I've proven myself to you. And it all started from the book. So we do it all. And
1: it's, it's really changing a lot of people's lives. That's incredible, man. This has been great. Man. I know you are getting inside on time, but I like to call this the victory lap as we kind of wrap up the, the kind of final questions here. One of them would be, I'm sure you've been asked this question a ton of times, but what advice would you give a younger you today? Ooh, okay. There's, there's a bunch. Uh, I would say
0: audit your circle, change who you're surrounding yourself with. Uh, The younger self that I'm thinking of is probably in in 2013, 2014, it was like a a, a major shift in my life. And I realized that I was not around the dreamers and the, you know, go-getters. I was around people who were okay with the status quo, the the corporate-minded individuals and uh i think that the biggest shift in my life was when i started to audit my circle and become very clear on who i wanted to do business with and who i wanted to hang around and the moment my circle was full of a players speaking of the a game mm-hmm. a players i could just i had i had more input i had better information i had more confidence their success rubbed off on me my success rubbed off on them and i wasn't alone anymore and it felt felt like that I started to have more momentum simply because I was running in a much stronger circle. So audit your circle, change who's in your life, get around people that you look up to and you like sharing good news with, and you'll see a lot other things produce, be produced in your life.
1: Fantastic advice. What is one of your biggest mistakes in business?
0: Biggest mistakes? Oh, man. I would say, all right, let's see here. Oh, overcomplicating things. By far, first four businesses, the reason why I failed at them, looking back, I know I wasn't keeping things simple. I was trying to be a Steve Jobs. I was trying to make it bigger than I really am. True story of this. uh, I didn't want to get back to people via email right away. This is how stupid I was, guys. I used to think that, oh, I want to give the representation that I'm a huge company. So when people would reach out to me, I got to respond one day later because otherwise I won't look busy enough. And so things like that, trying to look bigger than I really am. I mean, I'm five foot seven. I own it now. I'm five foot seven and a half, ladies, by the way, just so you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I used to think I, if I was complicated and if I was, you know, had this big representation that I was a huge company, that I would get more deals and more respect. And that's just not the case. So when I dumbed things down and kept things more simple and I just... You know, produced at a level that I was. I'm very comfortable. Wait, hey, we only have this many people here. We can produce this much. And just being honest and transparent. That's whenever I was able to see results. So by becoming too much of the Steve Jobs early on. Uh, I think I turned a lot of people away.
1: That's great info as well, man. What is one of your favorite quotes? Oh, favorite quotes.
0: Um, favorite quotes is uh, the one quote that that's changed my life is be valuable to valuable people. Of quote that I live off of. Um, I don't know where I got it from, but the moment I started to live by that, uh, I started to think in a different way. I started to say, you know what? As long as I'm adding value to someone else's life, okay, this guy's an A player. This guy's a go-getter. This guy has a lot of movement. This guy has a lot of clout, or this woman is going places, or this person is a really good individual. Let me just add value. If I can be valuable to these to these people, it's given me more purpose. And it's amazing how value does equal money. Even if you don't start off by saying, man, I can't wait to make a lot of money. How do I do that? If you just get out of your own way, going back to that Anthony Lawley story and say, how can I add value to these people? Then it's amazing how you become invited to play in those games. So be valuable to valuable people and you'll see your life
1: change overnight. Fantastic. Last question, sir. Are you a punk rock guy? 100%, 100%, man. 100%. I freaking love the intro song for your podcast. And I was like, this looks like a guy who's my speed over there, man. So <laughs> I figured I'd ask him that. I really like that intro song, dude. <laughs> grew up listening to Social Distortion. Well, I grew up. I'm
0: talking about college is when I started just falling in love. But I I love the Ramones. I love the Clash, uh, um, the Cox bars, if you know who the Cox bars are. Ah, oh, such good music. Anyways, Social Distortion, I listened to that over and over, ball and chain. And so when I wrote that song, that that song in the in the beginning, it's my song. I wrote it. Oh, cool. I, I heard heard a, I heard a punk rock band to just sing it. So I found a guy and I'm like, hey, here are the, here are the lyrics. Can you write this up in a way that uh, sounds like it's a punk rock song? He's like, I got it. Let's do it. So thank you very much, man. I love the punk rock philosophy. I think that is like the rebel mentality that is applicable in business. So it served me in business for sure
1: that's cool man if you ever look up Avery Carl she's uh like one of the biggest short term mental people out there she wrote a bunch of books like incredibly successful. And she looks like this very clean cut, like stay at home mom type. And then you find out that she like used to tour with the casualties. It was this like incredible, like off the wall, Lower East Side, like hardcore punk rock chick. So it's really cool when I hear that stuff. I'm like, yeah, man, that's, that's awesome. That's good stuff. Oh, cool, Lord, man. So the last thing before I let you go, sir, talk all the things, Mike Fallon, talk all the things, Million Dollar Book. How do people find you, work with you, the podcast, the inner circle, the mastermind, all of it
0: yeah, so the best way is go to dreamstarterspublishing.com. You'll see a bunch of books we worked on. That'll be the best way of seeing our history. Um, you can go to milliondollarbookpro.com, pick up a free copy of my book, uh, follow me on Instagram at the Dreamstarter or at the million, yeah, it's million Dollar book Pro is uh, is on Instagram. One's political, that's the Dreamstarter. The other one is the failsafe where I just talk about books. So yeah, those are the two best ways to get a hold of me on social media, Facebook, Mike Fallett, um, and LinkedIn connect with me on LinkedIn. It's easy to find Michael Fallett, And hopefully I can hear from you. And if you guys have any questions regarding the book creation
1: process at any stage, I'm here for you. I love that, man. Thank you so much, dude. And again, look at the show notes. All of the links will be on there. Um, consultation with you was, was huge. So anybody looking to get that process started, Mike doesn't bite. He's super helpful. That consultation is definitely something I would suggest setting up. So definitely check the show links in there, dude. This has been fantastic. I really appreciate you coming on. Everybody says great things about you. You're amongst good circles and you bring your A-game to everything you do. This interview has been no different, sir. Thank you so much. Any final thoughts before I let you go?
0: No, man. I just realized that throughout all this, writing a million-dollar book leads to a million-dollar lifestyle. So uh, the adventure only gets better once you have clarity. Writing a book equals clarity. Clarity equals freedom. So thanks so much for having me, Nick.
1: Awesome way to go. I appreciate you, sir. Mike Pout, ladies and gentlemen,